You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Welcome back to Team Talk, ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Joe O'Neill, Sam Hauser on your home for Notre Dame football and basketball. And joining us now on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline is Tony Simeone. You hear him on the calls for Notre Dame hoops. You hear him during the coverage of Notre Dame Football, but you'll hear him tomorrow night at 5 o'clock Mountain as the 14-seed Notre Dame Fighting Irish play the 11-seed Virginia Tech Hokies. And we're going to get to that game, Tony, but the question i got to ask out of the gate is were you able to share a drink at the Linebackers Lounge with Coach Mike Bray after the upset over 25th-ranked uh, Pitt the other night, huh, Tony? I uh, The answer to that is yes. <laughs> I was for, I was fortunate enough to be uh, one of the lucky souls that snuck into the linebacker with Coach Bray. It was uh, it was wall to wall there. I've been there many times. I've never seen it that full. Uh, it was it was great to see the team win uh, on Wednesday. Not just for Coach Bray, but also a lot of seniors that have put in a lot of time, <clears throat> a lot of time in the program uh, to get a win. And then yeah, as he kind of uh, set the stage for uh, an hour and a half or so uh, of really memorable fun at the linebacker. It was it was a great night all in all. No doubt about it. And Mike Bray uh, leaves Notre Dame as the winningest coach in the history of the men's basketball program. Uh, how much of a factor do you think it's been? Uh, you know, they're they're obviously having a difficult season, eleven and twenty overall, but more importantly, only three and seventeen in uh, ACC play. Uh, Tony, so uh, the fact that you know everybody knew he was leaving, the uncertainty of who's going to come in next. I mean, do you think it was much of a factor, or just that Notre Dame under talented this year? You know, what what can you uh, point to when you're uh, looking at this uh, disappointing year, Tony? Yeah, I don't think that the announcement uh, really had a huge effect on it. I mean, they weren't playing particularly well uh, when he made the announcement. They lost a couple games at home uh, against Florida State and, and then Boston College right after. Um, that they Going into the year, probably didn't think they would lose. Uh, the fact of the matter is that once he made the announcement, I think, if anything, it probably helped a little bit uh, with just clearing up some of that uncertainty. Uh, for a team that I think that once the season kind of got away from them. Uh, I think they felt the pressure, as, as I think is understandable, that you know you might be uh, the team uh, that is in Coach Bray's final year. And I think that once he announced that, that kind of took the pressure off of them, uh, that they weren't going to be the reason possibly that he would have to call it quits. So once they made that decision, I think it freed them up, but it hasn't necessarily resulted uh, in the wins they wanted. The game on Wednesday was a really good illustration, I thought, of what we all thought this team would look like coming into the season, and if you just zoom out as you're kind of alluding to, like, what's been the issue this year, I think if you just look at the guys they lost from last year, they, they missed them more than, than maybe they thought they would, and frankly, I thought they would. Uh, you know, Blake Wesley's in the NBA. Paul Atkinson was awesome last year. He was an Ivy League Player of the Year a couple of years prior, so he was a, a great inside presence. They just don't have any more. And, and I think Prentice Hub's kind of leadership and ability to run the point guard that was three really key contributors that they didn't have this year. Uh, and they just, I don't know if they were able to kind of find a way to truly replace them uh, maybe as easily as we all thought they could have coming into the year. 
All right, uh, we're talking with Tony Simeone. Just one more question, a follow-up there, because pe- fans love this kind of stuff. I'm sure you know it's lighting up the sports radio there in South Bend, in Chicago, fan message boards, all that kind of stuff. I mean, we've seen different names uh, that have come out as possible replacements for Bray. Uh, we've got, um, you know, Fran McCaffrey is one of them, uh, Chris... Uh, Holtman at Ohio State is another name we've heard. Uh, like, you know, kind of give us a little bit of uh, something to nibble on. I mean, what are other names? Not not that you have any idea who the next one might be, but what are some uh, of the other names along with those two that are being rumored for that next uh, job there at Notre Dame? Yeah, all the names that uh, I'm sure you guys have heard are the same names that I have heard. Uh, I have no inside intel despite uh, the access I get. Right. Uh, and I think that, quite frankly, as, as you might expect, um, you would hope that you're, you, know, you want to hire the next guy, I think, as soon as possible so they can get in and start uh, you know, getting their hands on this program. But, of course, if you're hiring someone anytime soon, that means they're not participating in the NCAA tournament. So you kind of have to have it cut both ways, right? If you want somebody uh, that's been really accomplished, uh, you might have to wait until you know, the end of next weekend to see how things shake out if you're going to have a coach that is taking a team to the dance. So I don't know uh, anything that you wouldn't know looking at the message boards. I I know everyone's interested, and I think that ultimately uh, they'll make a decision as soon as they can. Obviously, that was the point. Uh, And I think Mike Bray wanted to make this easier, or as easy as possible on the university to not have to wait. If you can imagine right right now, if you didn't know what the situation was going to be at the end of the year, uh, it wouldn't give the university the opportunity to maybe go out and, and poke around to be prepared when the season ends to find the next guy. So They've done that. I'm sure that all the powers that be uh, at Notre Dame have a plan probably for whenever the season ends. Uh, and I, I would be uh, surprised if it took longer than it needed to uh, to identify the next coach. Well, you mentioned, you know, I mean, by most standards, uh, the Notre Dame football season was fine. Uh, but you mentioned we had you on after the season that uh, that was below the standards they were looking for at Notre Dame. Uh, obviously, this basketball season far below the, uh, you know, the standards for Notre Dame basketball. I mean, in order to get a big name guy, some of the names that we've seen out there, it's big time money, uh Tony, and like, is the is the commitment there from the university uh, to make this a continuous top twenty five program year in year out, Tony? I think so. I think there's nothing to suggest that they aren't capable and willing to to compete. And if they need to go out and find the right guy, I don't think the university is going to let uh, the financial uh, impediments be an issue. I, I think that ultimately, the trickiest thing for Notre Dame, in my opinion is that they're in a really good basketball conference. I think the ACC has gotten a bad rap the last couple of years of being a down conference. I know they haven't maybe played as well uh, in the non-conference as they would have liked to help kind of the overall strength. But the toughest thing about, I think, coaching at Notre Dame, and this can go back to when they're in the Big East too, is that you have to play in a really tough conference. So the margin for error uh, is not really there. And then the other thing, too, is, as you alluded to, football is king. And at any football school where football is king, uh, that can just be tricky to navigate as a basketball coach uh, and I don't think it's something that any, anybody should fear if they come in and take this job. But it's just understanding, uh, you know, what goes into football. And then I think kind of understanding, and I think Mike Bray has talked about this too, and I've talked to him in his coaches shows, how to use football to your advantage. I mean, those are great recruiting opportunities. There's value in the exposure that football gets that it can bring uh, to, to a basketball program when it's performing well. So I think those are the things that they have to, to be aware of, whoever the next coach is coming in, how to, how to navigate that and utilize that. 
But as far as is the university invests, I mean, listen, Notre Dame, if you zoom out 50 years, that's one of the most successful uh, basketball programs in the country, and they're committed to keeping it that way. And, and I don't think there's any indication that uh, when it comes time to find the new coach, uh, the university will do anything other than do what it takes to get someone that can keep this program uh, where it belongs in college basketball. Talking to Tony Simeone here on Team Talk ESPN Radio 101.7, the team play-by-play voice for Notre Dame basketball. Have them tomorrow night, 5 o'clock Mountain Time here on 101.7, the team as Notre Dame opens up the ACC men's basketball tournament with Virginia Tech. And, Tony, you talk about the win over Pitt, uh, the, the 25th-ranked team in the country, and just what that win, you know, you know, ending, ending the regular season on a high note, kind of what that, what that game validated for what this team could be all season. We've certainly seen plenty of our share of these kind of games around here with the Lobos, but you know, even before that, four-point loss to North Carolina, two at Virginia, top 10 team in the country, four-point loss to Duke. I mean, so many of these along the way. Even with you know where this stands and what the uphill path is going to be in the ACC tournament, I mean, does this team still feel like it's it's right there in that regard? Yeah, I mean, I think it cuts both ways. I think there's definitely an element of just uh, it's hard when you're three and seventeen. I think to believe that you're going to come into Greensboro uh, and win more games in a week than you've won in the entire season in the conference. But to your point, uh, I don't think it's a three and seventeen team by talent. There have been so many games they could have easily won. Uh, they simply did not. It seems like every game that's been close down the stretch has gone against them, whereas every game that was close last year, uh, they managed to find a way to win. Uh, and in these environments, too, you saw it with Virginia Tech last year, the team that actually beat them uh, and they're playing tomorrow. They rattled off a bunch of wins in a row to win the conference tournament, kind of shocked the whole conference. Uh, so there's a blueprint in place, and it's an extremely veteran team that, of course, a lot of these guys, all of them, played in the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, they've performed in this environment before, it's just a matter of can you get that first one. I think it really comes down to can you win the first one, and then you can start to believe a little bit. This team hasn't won a game outside of South Bend all year. Those are just the facts. They've not won a road game or a neutral site game all season. So it's going to be difficult tomorrow to get their first one when the stakes are so high. But if you look at the bracket, I mean, if I'm going to be the optimist, and, and that's what they pay me to do, tomorrow night Virginia Tech, then NC State, a team they lost to by three on the road, Uh, there's a pretty straightforward path uh, to get to the quarterfinals. Now, Clemson the other night, uh, they looked pretty good. (laughs) and That would be Notre Dame's quarterfinal opponent if they win their first two. But if you're coming off of two victories, we saw what happened last year when Notre Dame had to wait until that Thursday game. There is, I think, an advantage to the team that comes in rolling against one of those teams that got the double by sometimes. Well, you mentioned some of those other schools that are, you know, in the mix that are on the path there for Notre Dame and, you know, certainly they're they're going to have their work cut out for them as we've established, but this was kind of one of the, the the points of optimism that we had for this team coming into the season and it certainly proved itself out to be that way that that this is still anybody's conference up for grabs. Some of those schools you mentioned, I mean North Carolina has had a year to forget you know, Miami's kind of back in, in in the area that they were, but you mentioned, you know, NC State's had some weird wins along the way. Clemson, I, I mean, it, so, I mean, just, you know, just your thoughts on that, Tony, just with the ACC tournament, I mean, this feels as wide open as the conference has been in a long, long time, and, you know, hopefully to the benefit to Notre Dame there as well. Yeah, I mean, to your point, every team had at least five losses going into the final game of the season. I think it speaks to the parity. Uh, and again, it kind of works against the conference sometimes. And you don't have those two or three teams uh, that are really running away with it. They can kind of represent the conference on a national level. Uh, then the perception of the conference is that it's down. But I think 
uh, it speaks to the depth and parity of it. As you mentioned, you know, North Carolina, I, at this point, I think they have to win the conference tournament or at least get to the final to have a real case. They needed that win against Duke, and they didn't get it. Uh, Virginia, I think, uh, is really the cream of the crop. But, but as you mentioned, again, every team has at least five losses. And you can look at every team and find a game in which they did not play up to their standards. So there is no clear favorite. And to your point, that's the reason for Notre Dame to go into this with optimism, and every other team here, too. That again, if you can just get a couple wins, then who knows? Now, the problem is Notre Dame is going to run into Clemson again, who I just really think is a bad matchup for them, but they could get them uh, with two wins under their belt. You have to hope the other teams in the bracket possibly do some damage for you too, right? Because possibly then, if you can get through this thing far enough, maybe you have a more favorable matchup uh, than you thought you might have going into it. So this time of year, as you guys know, anybody that follows college basketball really uh, hope should spring eternal, uh, and there should be optimism in the air because crazy things happen all the time in this month. Uh, and, and if you're Notre Dame, you just hope you can go out and keep playing uh, for as long as possible and then maybe try to generate some luck that has not gone your way to this point in the season. All right, Tony, we'll be listening. Optimism will be in the air at 5 o'clock Mountain as Notre Dame and Virginia Tech tip off. Uh, we'll be listening tomorrow. Thanks for the great work you do, Tony. Appreciate you joining us here on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team in Albuquerque. All right, thanks, guys. Always great to talk to you. All right, that is Tony Simeone. He joined us on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline.